0: uh, we we all enjoy um, having a, a, a British passport uh, enables us to travel around the world quite freely uh, for the time being anyway. Uh, <laughs> we don't know about Europe in a couple of years time, but uh, we uh, it enables you to have full access and access is something that everyone feels they should have a right to do. One of the things that I found as a pastor, Sharon uh, and I travel a lot to conferences. And uh, we, um, we do a lot of conferences. And we do conferences for one simple reason. We need, Cheryl and I need input. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're constantly preaching, ministering, giving, leading, uh, and, um, but we need, we need outside input, we need pastors and leaders from within the movement and from without the movement uh, to speak to us and to minister to us. And so we travel a lot and we speak at a number of conferences as well. Cheryl's off to Frankfurt to do a ladies' conference uh, with the um, Hope City, uh, part of the C3 network um, in Germany. And um, so we, we minister all the time. But one, here's one of the things, right? Every, every um, conference... Uh, has got something called a green room and many churches, uh, bigger churches would also have something called a green room I don't know how many of you know what a green room is, it's not green A green room? I don't know why it's called green. Maybe the first room was green. I don't know. There, there'll be a story there somewhere. But the green room is the room where the pastors and leaders were gathered together beforehand, uh, before the meeting starts. It's a place where the, the selected few are enabled to go. And in the green room is much better food than outside the green room. Let me tell you that. <laughs> For a start, they've got great food, they've got great coffee, they've got comfy chairs, uh, and only a select number of people can get in the green room. In a conference, they've normally got security, uh, and they, they've got staff that say, you know, if you only can get in by invitation only. And so it's become part of my game to every conference, regardless of whether I'm a speaker or not, is to get access to the green room. Right? <laughs> I just find that, and I want you to know that I have a near 100% success rate <laughs> of entering and, and here 's the thing when you, when you get into the green room, you get into a place where you know they 've got a layer of food and and they the thing about the green room is this you 've got all these speakers um, and they 've been offered all this food, but they don 't want to eat because they 're geared up to minister, yeah. but the host wants to feed them, <laughs> so the conference host wants to wants to be generous to, wants to, and so they just lay out this amazing um, feast of Food, and you got all these, these speakers who are just sitting around with a cup of coffee and, and not eating the food. So it will go to waste, right? So <laughs> it needs eating. And uh, I feel it's my right to get access to these places. And I've discovered this. I've, I, just got, I need to give you tips on how to get access to the green room. The most important thing is boldness. You've got to walk straight up. <laughs> And you have to walk straight up to the person that's going to stop you. You've got to slap them on the, on the shoulder of the arm. Say, hey, how are you doing? You're doing an amazing job. I really appreciate everything you're doing. You walk straight past them. <laughs> You walk straight past them, you walk into, you go into the room, and here, here's the most important thing. When you get into the room, you say hi to as many people as you can as you work your way straight to the food. <laughs> you get into the food, you get yourself some, some fruit or some pies or something, that you've got food in your hand, and then you get yourself a cup of coffee. Preferably, you get somebody else to make you a coffee, <laughs> because at that point, who's going to ask someone why you're doing here? If you're getting staff to get you coffee... Right? You must be meant to be there, right? So so you get somebody else to get you a coffee and then you go up and you start chatting to people <laughs> and, and you just start hanging out. And I found this. No one has ever questioned whether I should be there or not. <laughs> not once. Not once. I just walk in and, and there's loads of food. There's more than they can possibly eat. And and uh and it's just it's it's one of the it's one of the joys of just knowing how to how to kind of What's available, you know? It's, it's all about the access. Let me read to you this scripture. This justifies all of this. I want you to know, Jesus is with me on the journey. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help... In time of need, Hebrews four sixteen. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Holman's Christian Standard Bible, which is a which is a, an unusual version. It's not widely available, but it's on my um, Blue Letter Bible, which is an app I use, and and it's a, it's a free version on my app. Which means I tend to read it if I'm not within a if I'm not within a range where I can get Wi-Fi or a data. Uh, and the Holman's uh, Christian Standard Bible says this. It's slightly different, but just helps to narrow down the meaning. It says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. And I really like this, the way they, they changed the wording there slightly to help us Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. You know, we spend a lot of our time looking for benefits when we, we should be looking for relationship. Yeah. It's... It's, it's not benefits first, it's relationship first. We spend a lot of our time talking about what God might do for us, that he, how he may heal us, how he may prosper us, how he may restore us, how he may answer our prayer. The Bible says that he will give us mercy and grace, but the point about the, the getting all of these things is the access to the place where you may receive them. Yeah. One of the enjoyments I have in getting access to the green room is being able to sit down with people like Pastor Phil Pringle, uh, Dave, um, Pastor Dave Gilpin, uh, a number of these other pastors and leaders, great leaders of large, large churches, is that you get access to the green room, you get access to chat to them. They don't care who's in the room, they talk to anyone. <laughs> and you can, able, you can just get up and have a chat with them, they're interested in, in what you're doing, and you can just have a chat and, and talk about what God's doing in your life, and ask them lots of really pertinent questions about ministry and leadership, and just get a real sense of what of what um, uh, of, of what is their heart about different situations, and and just chat away, and 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 it, it's a really great place. But you you can't have that conversation in in a conference. In the public setting, because there's thousands of people and it's all milling around. And the most you can get to is, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. You need access. Mm. You need access to the one to the one. And in a group of thousands of people, that's just, it's physically impossible. Very difficult. But if you can get access to the green room, you can talk to the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Bible says that we can get access to his green room. Yeah. It's called the throne of It's called the throne of grace. It's to come to the throne room, to come to the place where God has called us to have access. But here's the deal, right? It takes boldness to enter. We spend a lot of our time trying to to receive the things, but you must come with boldness to get access to it. It's been mentioned a few times because it's the living project of our house at the moment. It becomes a point of message every time. But um, uh, Andy is, uh, my nephew is building a tree house at the bottom of the garden. 22 feet up he has... um, uh, engineered all sorts of pulley systems, etc., to pull up telegraph poles and, and fix some pallets. And uh, he's got the, this rather dangerous platform now that's just swinging around in the trees. And uh, But to get access to it, you had to climb over a bridge. And the bridge used to be two logs, um, trees that they had chopped down. And uh, they would be about between three and four inches in diameter, not big trees, right? And they were just. They were just trees about this, and they were resting across a ditch which is around um, seven or eight feet wide, too wide to jump across, and uh, you had to walk on the logs to get across the bridge. Um, And here's the thing. There's only one way to walk on those logs, and that's boldly. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you do it hesitantly, you will fall in. (laughs) There's only one way to get access in those circumstances. If, if you're in a dangerous situation, that, that you, it's boldness that will keep you alive, not timidity. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? Boldness changes what you receive. Boldness changes what you receive. Let me go back to the green room. The green room is an interesting place of pastors and leaders... And people who are invited to come along and take part. Now, when you're in a conference and you've got lots of speakers and you've got great men and women of God, and, and, they've got, and then you've got the team, the staff that are there to serve and to help, and, and they've got access. And so you've got two types of people. You've got the, the key leaders who know what they're doing and just comfortable in that environment. And then you've got the invited guests, those who've never been there before, and they're either serving on team or they're a, they've been brought in by their pastoral leader who just wants to bring up young men or women and just bring them in and let them mill and mix with other pastors and leaders. Yeah. All right, so you've got these two You can you can clearly see the difference between the two of them because the ones who've never been in that environment before have just got their eyes wide open, like they're a, like they're a rabbit caught in the headlights. Of a car, and they like this, and they've kind of like, and they look a little bit intimidated, and and you can see them in the room, and they they're looking at their heroes of the faith they've only ever seen on TV before, and they've seen them, and then there they there's a hero of faith, and they're stuffing their face with a cream something, and they're, or they they're drinking or they're talking, and they're only five feet away, but they're pinned to the wall, <laughs> and in, and the, the the difference between. Those who are comfortable and those who are uncomfortable is the boldness to interact. Everyone's in the room, not everyone's participating in the benefits of it. Everyone's in the room. We all have access to the throne of grace, but boldness to come into the presence of God changes what it is that you are able to receive. Mm -hmm. It's time to understand that the Holy Spirit wants us to know what he wants. He wants us to know how to live in his presence. You see, we spend a lot of time thinking about the things, but he wants us to have relationship with him. Now, go with me, will you, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. I want you to see this. Ephesians 2, verse 18 says, For through him we both have access. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, here's the thing. I I need you to understand this about access, right? Getting a mindset of knowing what you can access. When Cheryl and I got married... We had been raised in a relatively humble, um, considerably humble circumstances. Cheryl's family weren't exactly wealthy and my father was um, unable to work that well because of his arthritis. He wouldn't quit from working but he couldn't earn much money and we lived in second-hand clothes and, and um, we made do. We survived. Um, and uh, I remember my feet growing through the ends of my shoes before I'd ever get another pair of shoes. I remember my father going berserk because he had to spend five pounds on a new pair of shoes for us. Five pounds was, was a considerably large amount of money uh, in the 1970s, and, and it, was, it was the kind of thing that made the difference in the, in the family. And, and so we grew up in this kind of... But we grew up in a world of expectation of something greater, that the family itself hadn't always known poverty. So there was a sense that there was a a greater world out there that we could have access to if we found out how. Now, there were other people as poor as us and maybe slightly wealthier than us, but lived in a similar world, but because they had never known what was available, they're still living in a place of poverty. It doesn't matter how much um, money you give them, they don't know what's available for them. You understand me, and so so when Sharon and I first got married, the first thing I did was to to book a five-star hotel, and and we we booked this hotel, and I'd never stayed in a hotel. You've got to understand, I'd never stayed in a hotel. I stayed in a tent. <laughs> We, we went on holiday at tent and mum and dad would take a chest of drawers with all our clothes and uh, a drawer each and it went at the back of the tent. It was a very large 12 man tent and uh, we, would, uh, we would go camping. We never stayed in a hotel. We'd never really eaten a restaurant. Been to McDonald's of course um, and, uh, and Pizza Hut was a luxury. And uh, so we went and stayed in the five-star hotel. When we entered the hotel, once we walked in those doors and we sat down and they gave us our meal a la carte, I suddenly discovered what I had been missing. (laughs) I realized there's a world out there of comfort, of taste, of luxury that I had never known but it was accessible, I just didn't know how to get it. We just booked a hotel and and I'd actually chosen a really, really great hotel and and that kind of ruins you. Because you don't really want to go in the tent again. I mean, you might do a tent for a weekend because it's exciting, but after the weekend you're like, this is rubbish, my back hurts. (laughs) Put me back in the hotel. You've got to know what is out there. You're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer those who don't have. You've got to see yourself understanding that you have full access. Many of you are looking at people who are able to do things who live a life of faith. And you go, how come they are able to believe God for the miracles? Well, they just know how to access what is already available. You can access it too if you know how. You understand me? It's all about the access. It's, it's about the, the boldness of having a relationship with God that enables you to just walk in. Yeah. And some, some of you have got to just go up to the green room of your life and stop deciding, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether God... Got to just walk up and just let yourself in. Yeah. Because He wants you in there as much as everybody else. Yeah. You see these great heroes of faith. You think there's something special. I know these guys. They're amazing guys, but they're no more special than you. Do you understand me here? Apart from one thing, boldness enables them to enter in. And so we've got to see that. But here it says here, for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the father. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about access. We are here the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into his presence for a reason. And the reason isn't to heal you. It's not to heal you. He doesn't lead us into presence to he heal you. He doesn't lead you in to empower you or even commission. That's not the reason. That's the benefit. Yeah. The reason is to meet the Father. Let me read that again. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they lost relationship with the Father. And so he sent his son that we may be children and heirs. Jesus prays to the Father and he says, Father, as you and I are one and you in me and I in you, let them be one in us too. There is one purpose from which all benefits flow. Yeah. That you might have relationship with the Father. Yeah. Listen, I, I've said this many times. We, we love people coming around to stay. We love people coming for meals to our house. But here's the thing, right? If you only ever came to my house to eat my food, at some point... I would stop inviting you. (laughs) (laughs) If you only came to eat the food, if you just turned up, ate the food, left. (laughs) If you didn't help clear the dishes, right? If you didn't... I mean, if you just came to eat the food, you didn't even enter into conversation with us and just go, oh, this is... And then, oh, look at that, time to go. (laughs) At some point, I'd be like, sorry. Busy right now? <laughs> the whole point of having friends round for dinner is to meet them. The food is the benefit. The purpose is the relationship. The Holy Spirit has given us great benefits. The benefits of his salvation are so vast, we must spend time discovering them. But the true purpose of our salvation is that we might know the Father. And here's the thing, once you know who the Father is, all of the benefits flow out naturally because you're in the green room. There's Everything is available. It's not like you can't have it. And so here we see that the Holy Spirit has given us full access to the Father, full access to His power, full access to His grace, and note, here's a side note. It's guaranteed, you see, the Spirit wants you to talk to the Father. He wants you in relationship with the Father. Now, let me read this to you. John chapter 16, verse 23. John 16, 23 says this. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Let's go to uh, 26. We've cut out 25, 26. In that day, you will ask in my name and I do not say that you shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you've loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. What this is saying, here's a, here's a side note, right? Here's a side note: When we pray, we pray to the Father. Jesus prayed to the Father. We technically we don't pray to Jesus, and splitting heads there's splitting hairs here. It's not like a law; you can't say, "Dear Jesus, that's wrong." Right? <laughs> I'm not saying that. Please don't say that. But technically, if, when you're praying, the whole point about prayer is access to the Father. Jesus said, I I want you to talk to the Father. The Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit is that you might be in full communion and relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit leads us into the presence of Christ. We are saved by Christ in Jesus' name. So we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And it will be given to you. Ask and it shall be given to you. The word ask actually has a sort of a root meaning, meaning demand. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't imply that we can be rude. <laughs> Just give it to me like a spoiled brat. What it means is it gives the emphasis of a boldness to come to God and say, this is what I ask for. Yeah. When Sean sure and I came to the city to plant the church, we walked up and down Union Street with nothing more than a few quid in our pocket. And we pointed a bit and said, I want that, Jesus. I looked at, we looked at properties. And we declared, God, this is what you will give. Why? Because the Father wants to give to you what you ask for in Jesus' name. Yeah. Full access. Mm. Yeah. Come on now. Start asking with a boldness, but asking out of relationship, not out of desire for benefit. The first step along the road isn't what can I get? The first step along the road is who can I know? How do I know Jesus Christ? How do I know the father? How do I get into a point of relationship with him? Let me finish with this. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that that have been freely given to us by God. You see, in the green room, you can see what is available. Confusion comes in our life when we are living on the outside in the conference area. And we're living in the place, we're coming to church and we're worshipping Jesus and we're hearing the word but we're not getting access to the green room. The green room has got all the benefits. The conference is great. It's a great conference. A lot of Word great encouragement. But you can't see what's in there unless you're in there. The Holy Spirit leads you to the Father that you might be able to see. You might be able to see what he has for you, but what he has for you is a relationship with him. I really want to encourage you and I want you to believe, I want you to see and understand. I want you to stop asking for things first. There are are many things that we, we need, right? Who's in need of things? You will always be in need of things. But I want us to stop asking for things and start asking for him. Lead me to the Father. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that I may walk with you, that I may know you, that I may be led by you. Lead me, Father, on that journey. What was it like with Adam to walk with the Father in the cool of the day? Can you imagine what that would be like? Have you ever walked with a great person? It's an incredible privilege. To walk with a person who has done great things. A great leader, a man of God, or a, a, an inspiring person who, 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 has, who has done much with their life. To be in the presence of great people is a great honor and a privilege. And just to walk with them, you, there is a sense of just being with them, gives a sense of it says it's humbling, but it's also inspiring. It lifts you to a greater level, doesn't it? What is it like to walk with the Father? We're not talking just about a great person. We're talking about a Father. Father gives everything. Father holds nothing back. Father hands over all that he has. Father wants his children to know the fullness of what he has there is no restraint from the father but there is a limitation of what we can receive based on our relationship with the father the more closely we walk with him the more we can inherit from him because it flows out of him are you with me here it's not available externally from him You only receive from him as it flows out of him. Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.